How are you guys doing? Having a good Sabbath? Good. I'm going to tell you two stories. One I told uh, for Sabbath school here, and the other one happened to me um, a couple years ago on another response with Gideon Rescue Company. So um, the, one, the first one um, happened in Turkey, where there's a big earthquake uh, this, in February, and there's a little boy who was eight years old that got buried in the rubble for almost 10 days. And one of our team members found him, and they pulled him out, and the paramedics and the EMTs and all the doctors got there, and they started giving him fluids, and they were like, are you hungry? Are you thirsty? Can I get you some food or some water? Do you know what he said? He said, no. He said, a man in white brought me food and water every day. Can you believe that? Who do you think that was? Jesus. Yeah. You know the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? In the fiery furnace? Who was with them there? Jesus. Yeah. And do you think Jesus can be with you wherever you are? Yeah, I do too. The other story, I'm going to tell you a quote. It's one of my favorite quotes, and then I'm going to tell you the obstacle that I had. Okay? So, our Heavenly Father has a thousand ways to provide for us, of which we know nothing. If we would keep the one principle of the service of God supreme, we would watch perplexities vanish in a plain path before our feet. What's a perplexity? Like a problem. and A problem that you're having, right? And so my problem, I was in Indonesia. It had gotten hit with a big earthquake and a big tsunami. And there was lots of people that were missing, and I was like ready to go. And I, there was only two of us that got there, and I was walking out of the airport, and I got picked up by the military in Indonesia. And they drove me all around town, and they pulled into this compound, and I was like, oh, no, like, what's going to happen to me? And the gate opened, and it closed, and it was all barbed wire. I was like, man, this is, this is not good. And this guy comes out to me, and he's like, who are you? What are you doing here? I was like, I'm here to help people. And he's like, where are you from? I said, America. And he spoke perfect English. He's like, you're not supposed to be here. He said, you have two options. He said, you can be escorted back to the airplane. I was like, no, I don't want to do that. He's like, then you're going to jail. And I was like, I'll take the airplane. Let's go to the airplane. And um, he's like, okay, I got to go in and get some paperwork. And I'm thinking in my mind, I don't have, I had already, my, the other guy that was with me had my bag, had my passport, had everything. I was like, oh no, what is going to happen? And I just was silently praying. And when I walked in there, everybody was watching me. There were guys with guns watching me. They were, like, taking pictures with me. I was like, what's going to happen? And then um, the gate opened up. And I was like, the gate's open? And I was, like, from here to the, that back part of the church from the gate. And I was like, what do I do? What do I do? And I looked around, and nobody was watching me. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to start walking towards the gate. So I started walking towards the gate. And nobody looked at me. Nobody looked at me. The gate stayed open. And I just walked through the gate. And as soon as I made it through the gate, I ran as fast as I could and hid in a, in a building that was falling down. And I waited for like 20 minutes. And nobody ever came looking for me. And I decided that that was... Remember the story of Elijah when he wa- went into King Ahab to tell him there's going to be a drought? And all of a sudden he disappeared. 
right? He came in, walked past the guards, nobody saw him. That's what it felt like. I didn't think about it at the time. But then when I got back, I was like, man, I think they were blinded. I walked right by the guards that were standing at the gate, and they never even looked at me. Right? So that was my perplexity. And how do you keep the service of God supreme? How do you do that? Any ideas? No ideas? What does God want us to do? Yeah, you have one? Yeah, God, God wants us to give him our heart. And if we give him our heart, he will work in us to do according to his good pleasure. We want to do what he wants us to do. And if we have, give him our hearts, he will mold what he wants us to do from that. And he will direct us where we need to go, right? Do you know what Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 has, says? Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. Okay? So I want you to go about your week and everything that you decide you need to do or want to do, ask God. Be like, God, is this what you want me to do? And God will direct your paths where he wants you to go. All right? Let's have, let's have a closing prayer. Dear Lord, be with all these uh, kids that are here and um, Lord, we know how precious they are in your sight. And we just praise you for them and that they're here at church. We just ask that you Use them to glorify your name. In Jesus' name, amen. hiding place and my shield. I hope in your word. Thank you, you, Christabel. And the time is yours now. Thank you. I'd like to have one more prayer. Heavenly Father, just thank you for another opportunity to tell about what you did in Ukraine uh, for us and the soldiers there and um, for bringing us back home safely so we can uh, tell the stories to more people and inspire them um, and to inspire them to get closer to you and to, to be a light of hope to the world because, Lord, it's, the world is so dark and you've given us a light. So help us to use it. In Jesus' name, amen. Alrighty, so um, this summer has flown by. I'm pretty sure this was April that I went to Ukraine. So in April, um, Adventists, so for some of you that were not here for Sabbath school, this is the, the motto of Gideon Rescue Company. The Savior made each work of healing an occasion for implanting divine principles in the mind and soul. This was the purpose of his work. He imparted earthly blessings that he might incline the hearts of men to receive the gospel of his grace. So this is the God Pod. Adventist World Radio donated um, almost 3,000 of these to, they wanted somebody to take them to the front lines in Ukraine. Well, it didn't, it wasn't supposed to be the front lines. They wanted them to Ukraine. And we were like, okay, we'll take them. And Gideon University Company was like, 
we need some volunteers, we're going to go to a field hospital and uh, maybe a prison camp or something and uh, get, give a bunch of these God pods away. And Brock and uh, Greg and me um, decided, you know what, I think we're going to go. So, uh, and this is cool. It's actually solar powered, so you can charge it with a USB or solar. And it has like 36 hours of sermons, which we listened to, the whole, all of them, on the trip because we had a lot of driving. And then it has the Bible in Ukrainian or Russian. And then it also has the Great Controversy, the Desire of Ages, Steps to Christ on there as well. And some of them even had some songs. You can put an SD card in it, and it'll pick up Adventist World Radio, which is really cool. And it has a little flashlight. And everybody told us, you're not even going to make it into Ukraine with these. You can't do it. They're not going to let you in. We're like, well, we're going to go and see. Um, so our plan was to go and to give them in those, those locations. But this is why. Then I saw another angel flying in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach to those who dwell on the earth, to every nation, tongue, tribe, tongue, and people, saying with a loud voice, fear God and give glory to him. For the hour of his judgment has come, and worship him who made heaven and earth and the sea and the springs of water. Going to all the world and preach the gospel to every creature is Christ's command to his followers. Not that all are called to be ministers or missionaries in the ordinary sense of the term, but all may be workers with him in giving the glad tidings to their fellow men. To all, great or small, learned or ignorant, old or young, the command is given. That's to everybody. Everybody, this, re- this responsibility lies on all of us. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Therefore do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, but share with me in the sufferings of the gospel, according to the power of God, who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which is given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. So this was given to us before time even began. You know, we had this responsibility rests on us. When under test, young men show that they have a genuine burden for souls, an intense longing to save their fellow men. They will see souls converted from their work. A harvest for the Lord will be reaped. Let them go out as true missionaries to do the work of circulating books containing present truth. As they go, let their prayers ascend to God for increased light and for the guidance of his spirit that they may know how to speak a word in season. When they see an opportunity to do an act of kindness, let them take hold as if they were working for wages. Let them remember that thus they are doing errands for the Lord. So when we went to Ukraine, they told us that first, you're not going to make it through the checkpoints. And second, if you go, you have to have body armor once you leave Lviv, otherwise they won't let you through. We're like, okay. So um, the sheriff's office donated a bunch, and then I had my own, because I I was in the sheriff's department in Utah um, before I moved up here. So I had a lot of my own stuff, and I was like, this is cool. Like, I get to wear this stuff. Like, it's, it's, like, I was all excited. But when that first rocket went off, and I saw that, I was like, whoa. What is the point of this stuff? This stuff is worthless. Like, the only thing that we need is the armor of God. You know, this stuff will might stop a, a 7.62 right here, but that's not what was what's not what we needed. 
you know. And this is put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Because the Russians were shooting at us, but the devil was shooting his darts at us just as hard, if not harder. And this, th- that does not stop the devil. Providential delays. So these happen all the time with Gideon Rescue Company. And they all have a purpose every time we go. So went to Ukraine, or we're, on the, we're flying into uh, France. In France, you are not allowed to have um, any type of, cla- of level 4 body armor, which mine was. Mine was plates. The other guys had soft body armor. And they, could, they went through just fine. But I got held up in security, and they said, nope, it's illegal. We're confiscating it, and you have to go down to the police station. I was like, oh, no. I was like, we, we're, like, late for our flight. It's, like, 10 minutes from leaving. We're, like, rushing, and we get held up. And we picked that there was, like, 30 lines of security lines we could have gone through. And I picked just random one and went down. And um, I got held up, and this this big black guy standing there staring me down like this is what he was guarding me. wouldn't let me leave. And he just looked a little scary. I was like standing there, and I'm like, Brock and Greg ran to go um, try to hold the plane. So I reached in my pocket, and I had a French glow track. I was like, ooh. So I pulled it out, and I'm like, here you go. This is for you. And he looks at it, and he's like, are you Seventh-day Adventist? And I was like, yeah. He's like, well, I was raised Seventh-day Adventist, and I've kind of fallen away from the church. He's like, what are you guys doing over here? I'm like, well, we're going to Ukraine to give out Bibles. He's like, really? He's like, that's really interesting. He's like, tell me more. So I spent like five minutes explaining to him, and then at the end, he's like, you have a mission to do. We have to get you going. He called the police, and he's like, can you guys hurry up and come over here and and look at this, and we've got to talk. And then he pulled over this other security guy that was working on the same line that I went, and he's like, this guy's Adventist. And the guy was like, really? Me too. I'm an elder in the church here in Paris. And they were talking to me about it. And then the cop shows up, and they all talking. And the, the guy was like, this guy's an Adventist too. The cop that showed up was an Adventist. And they were like, I was like, if you look up the statistics, the statistics there's really not that many Adventists in France. And it's like the chances of running into three in the same security line in the whole airport at that time, and the cop that showed up was an Adventist. Um, when I left, I looked at that, that kid that was guarding me, and I said, God sent me here to tell you to go back to church, so you need to go back to church. And he said, you know what? I'm going to go next week. So those providential delays are a reason. We get excited when they happen, when they're like, we missed our flight. Most people are like, oh, no. We're like, Yes! Now, now God wants us to do something around here, so we're looking around what we can do. And those happen all the time. So we got picked up in, in uh, Poland by this guy, Jacob. He really wants to be a cowboy. He's ridden a horse one time. We asked him when we got to uh, Poland, we're like, how will we recognize you? He's like, I'll be the only one in all of Poland with a cowboy hat. And sure enough, he had his cowboy hat on and his boots and he's like, if you come back to Ukraine, you have to bring a belt buckle for me. So we need to try to find a belt buckle. But um, this is, uh, we have so many people that join us, like mid-trip. I don't remember his name. Bryce. 
This is Bryce. And then uh, Greg in the yellow, me, Jacob, and Brock. And Jacob picked us up in this, this van, and he said, oh, I have one thing to tell you. This back door of the van does not work. You have to climb over the front seats into the back. And we're like, oh, man, we're like, we're going into the battle zone. What if we have to get out of the van? Like, this is not going to be fun. He's like, but the windows work. And we're like, okay. I tried the door, and it opened. And he was like, how'd you do that? And I was like, I just opened it. And the whole entire trip, that back door worked perfectly. Never once did we have a problem with it. We gave it back to them, and they said, you guys fixed the door. And we're like, we didn't fix the door. God fixed the door. <laughs> so we named this, this little bus or little van the Little Donkey. And it took us all over. It was actually the Pathfinder van for the uh, Warsaw Pathfinder Club. We called them gospel grenades. We had a whole bunch of God pods. So we drove to Lviv, and of course we get to the checkpoint from Poland into Ukraine, and was a breeze. Went right through. They said, what are you doing here? We're here to give out Bibles. Okay, go through. Every time. Um, we showed up at the like a, a Bible college in Lviv, and again, Gideon Rescue Company, we don't bring anything with us. We go as light as we can, and God provides everything. We didn't take sleeping bags. I didn't take a winter coat. I didn't take nothing. I didn't even take a water bottle because in Turkey, I never even opened my water bottle. Water was provided. This time, the same thing. Food, the whole time we were in Ukraine, where... Um, especially when we were on the front lines, there was hardly any electricity, and they would shut off the electricity during the bombings. And we had heat and hot water and blankets everywhere we went, and somebody provided food for us every day. Lviv was really pretty. We all the big churches, and we had 26 hours of driving. Because once we got there, we're like, you know what, I think we're going to try to get to Kramatorsk. And Kramatorsk is... Eastern Ukraine, it was about 12 miles from the city of Bakhmut. And Bakhmut has been the heaviest fighting since World War II in Europe. Over 80,000 men have lost their lives for the city of Bakhmut. And at that, still, it's still the very, the very front lines today as it was when we were there. And we're like, we just, every, every decision, we weren't, we did not want to go there. And we're like, let's try to find another place. But every road we turned and every... Uh, lead that came up led us straight to Bakhmut. So that's where we went. So we started driving. And it was really pretty until we got to Kiev. And then we actually got donated almost almost a thousand more Bibles from a, a guy at the Adra building. was like, somebody donated all these Russian Bibles and like 500 kids' Bibles. Whatever you want to take, like we'll take it all. We're going to give it all. So those are the kids' Bibles. And he's like, great, you take them with you. Um, more food was provided and warm shower. There's the lady that cooked for us, Andy, right there. So I guess it's been two years now. It was the very start of the war. Um, Brock, right here, and a few other people went to Ukraine, to Lviv, and their whole mission, that whole time they were there, was to hand out glow tracks. And they handed out, like, I think with the whole group, because they recruited a ton of people, and handed out, um, like, several hundred thousand glow tracks throughout the city of Lviv. Andy received one. And he became an Adventist. 
and has now been baptized and is working in the Adventist church there from that glow truck. So you can't say that literature doesn't do much because it does. And he's living proof. And he'll tell you, he's like, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for that glow track that ended up in my hand. So I always carry glow tracks on me. Anywhere you go, give people glow tracks because it could change their life. Um, and he went with us on this trip as our interpreter. There were hedgehogs, which I had no clue that hedgehogs lived in Ukraine, but they're big hedgehogs, like the size of a football. So Google Maps had this little, this is what we used while we were there, that showed the battle lines, and we're like, okay. So there's where Kramatorsk is, and we're like, okay, well, that's where we're going. But it showed the battle line, but we didn't find out till later that it was actually two weeks old. So we were following what we thought was accurate was not accurate. The whole time, we, the, the, during the whole trip, the only car trouble we had was a flat tire in the city of Kiev, where, of course, as soon as it happened, Brock was like, yes, now we get to stop and give some glow tracks and some, some Bibles to some people. So everybody at this tire shop and the restaurant that was right there got glow tracks and Bibles. And who knows, God had that all worked out and planned that somebody there needed, needed something. And then we started driving east, and that's when you could really, really see the effects of war. And um, I know, like, the war in Ukraine's all over the news and all over everything, and um, you can't believe everything you see on the news. It's, it's nothing, nothing like that. Nobody wants to be there. Nobody wants to be fighting. And it's really sad to see this. But there were checkpoints everywhere. Every single checkpoint we got to, um, we hardly ever handed them our passports. They would say, who are you and what are you doing here? And we'd be like, we're here to give you Bibles. Here's a Bible for you and five more for your friends that are in there with you. They said, thank you so much. Go through. Every time. You see all the bullet holes in the, the walls? Everywhere we went. So this bridge was bombed out. And we get to the, the checkpoint, and the guy's like, nope, you have to go around. It's a three-hour detour to, go, to get around this. And we're like, oh, no. Like, Can we just drive through? And he's like, nope, nope, I'm sorry, military only. We were like, okay, well, here's a Bible. And he's like, what are you guys doing? We're like, we're giving out Bibles. And he's like, really? He's like, well, there's a whole bunch of soldiers on this road that need Bibles. Go through and give them all Bibles. So we got to drive on the military-only road and give everybody Bibles. You see all the, um, this is the town of Izmir. It was really, really bad there. There's a, we weren't, so a lot of the pictures and videos that we have are like really not the greatest because we're not, we were not supposed to be taking pictures. But um, every chance we got, we'd try to take some pictures of what we were doing and where we were at. But you can see those little green spots is where mortars and rockets had hit the ground. So once we got to Kramatorsk, we worked in Kramatorsk, Bakhmut, Chasavyar, and then the city of, Kramat- of Konstantinivka. I couldn't spell it, so that's why it's not up there. But we get out of the van, and instantly we heard the explosions all like in the city. And we're like, man, we're really, really close. Russia was bombing the city all night, every day, where we were at. And as soon as we get out, we're like, oh, man, we need to put our vests on. So we put our vests on, thinking this is going to help. And we were the only people in the whole city that, that looked like this, that 
even the soldiers were like, this is great. This is the vacation for us, what we've been used to. Um, we got these on our phone all the time. Finally, we just turned it off, and it, was, it got very annoying. Food, again, was provided. Borscht was really good. And again, hot showers. And we stayed in the Adra building there, and we went through all of our medical supplies, and we tried to get everybody have enough that if we needed to, we could give a whole bunch of stuff away because we had a bunch of extra stuff. I went to our local uh, EMS station and got a whole box of, of medical supplies, and they all did the same. And then we walked out of the building to get in our cars, and we saw these kids playing in a bombed-out school. So we're like, this is great. So we ran, we grabbed, them, we grabbed all of our Bibles, our kids' Bibles, and they were so excited to receive these Bibles. Like, how many of us have more than one Bible, and it's sitting on our shelf? You know, I, I have more than one, and it's sitting on my shelf. These guys, these, they, they've never even, never even seen a Bible. And even the, the church members, a lot of them had never even seen a Bible. And it was amazing to give them a Bible and then watch the kids just break down in tears and start jumping up and down for joy that they had a Bible. That's why that song, Give Me the Bible, you know, you don't really think about that. That song means so much more after coming back from this. So try to remember this guy, his face. I got another story that goes along with him. But we just started driving um, around Kramatorsk, and anywhere we saw a group of soldiers, we'd give them Bibles. Like, Electrona Biblia, that's all we could say, Electrona Biblia, and they'd be so excited to take Bibles. This guy, I never got his name, but uh, he was kind of reluctant to take a Bible. And I was like, no, you're going to need it. Take a Bible, take a Bible. And he took it and put it in his pocket. And that, that was it. We, and everywhere we went, this is what we did. This lady, we were driving down the road, and we, we got to the point where we just turned off our GPS and we're like, Lord, direct us where you want us to go. Where does somebody need a Bible? So we'd start driving, and we'd turn down a road, and we'd see a group of people. We'd give them a Bible, and it was like we'd have a divine appointment where we can talk to them. They spoke English, or, or they desperately needed a Bible or a prayer at that point. And this lady was one of them. We were driving by, and she was walking back from the grocery store. She was living in a tent because her house was bombed out. And uh, Greg leans out the window, and he's like, here's a Bible for you. And she's like, how much does it cost? We're like, it's free. And she's like, she held it to her chest, and she just starts crying. And Greg's like, we got to get out and pray with her and give her a hug. We gave her a hug. She wouldn't take any money, but she was like, thank you so much. She said, I have wanted a Bible since I've been a little girl. And we, she got it for free. She thought she would have given everything she had for that Bible. And uh, we got to pray with her. And then and there were so many like this. It would take me all day to tell you every divine encounter we had like this. But these guys, we walked up and we gave them a whole bunch of stuff. And I had a bunch of patches made up of uh, like um, Psalms 91 patches or like Bible patches like Joshua 1.9 and like all this stuff. And to trade with them, and this, you can see, so this guy, he took a whole stack of Bibles to give to his friends. Some people wouldn't take any, and others would take a whole stack like this. And one guy, he's like, no, no, I don't want a Bible. He's like, but I like your patch. I'll, tell, I'll have your patch. And I was like, okay. And then he asked what it said, and we told him, and he's like, well, I guess I'll just keep the patch. I like it. So he wouldn't take the Bible, but he decided to wear it. So that was, that was good. But... Um, it was funny. These, some of these guys, they were, 
I, I gave him a Bible, and he's like, make a trade, and he tried to hand me a hand grenade. And I was like, I mean, it seems like a good trade. I'll give you a Bible. <laughs> a gospel grenade for a real grenade. But this is how, this is how, this is how we spent every morning, for two hours at least, sometimes, and in the evening too, and just in prayer. Because like I, like I said before, prayer is an act of war. And um, we need to be ready for war. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. There's us again. We decided to drive um, down a road to see, see if we can get find some soldiers and I don't know what we were thinking, but we decided to drive as close as we could to Bakhmut. Um, and we just start driving down these roads, and we'd see these tanks and these armored vehicles, and they'd just look at us like, where is this van going? Like, we just were driving. And we drove, and we drove, and we get to the sign, and we're like, Bakhmut, Konstantinivka, like, where do we go? And so we started driving towards Bakhmut. And uh, the explosions now were so loud, we could hear them in the car, the windows would rattle every time it'd go off, boom. And uh, we see these this group of guys huddled in this little uh, bus stop. So we park the van, and we get out, and we walk over to them, and they're just sitting there shaking. Like, they're just, they're, they're the replacements. So what, how it worked was we were about three miles from the fighting, and these vans were sitting here, medical vans, and a truck would pull up and pull off either a body or somebody wounded, drop them on the ground, and... Uh, They'd load them in the ambulance and take them. And then one of these guys would replace whoever came in. And while we were there, we had two. We were only there for about 10, 15 minutes, and we had two trucks pull in with, um, with that, and uh, two guys jumped in. And one of the guys that jumped in is right here. And he, we got to pray with all of them and uh, have a good conversation. They all got Bibles. They all started crying as soon as we gave them Bibles. So we're like, these are, God sent us here to give you these Bibles. And they said, thank you so much, thank you so much. And they know they're, they're, going, they're going to their death. There's, there's so much fighting, and there are so many coming in that, that did not make it. And Andy was so excited to give them Bibles. But you can see he's wearing a, a Joshua 1.9 patch I gave him. But uh, a lot of these guys... Um, as soon as the first rocket hit, it maybe hit a couple hundred yards away where, from where we were at. We all, like, hit the ground. We're like, this is, this is scary. And these guys were like, it's, this is great. This is way better than where we've been. And um, at that point, we were like, man, this is as close as we want to get. This is, we don't want to get any closer to this. God, don't, don't take us any closer than this. Um, but that's not what happened. But what we ended up doing is these guys, um, they ended up taking a whole crate. So they're like, there's replacements all the time. We're, we're going in, we're coming out. There's so many people that we come in contact with. Can we take a whole box and give them to, to the soldiers? We're like, yes. As soon as we loaded this up, uh, a truck pulled up, threw somebody in there that had been shot many times, and that van took off. Boom. And then he replaced them. <clears throat> and we're like, we're standing watching this happen. We're like, like, it's just, it, there's no words to explain 
you know, what these guys are going through. <clears throat> Gotta have a prayer with them all. As we're driving back, we're like, oh, this is like, like that was intense, like that was really intense. And we're, we're like, where can we find more people? So we start looking for Bibles, for people to give Bibles to. And we see this, this, these people in this like black vehicle parked on the side of the road. And we're like, we'll just stop and ask them if they know where a field hospital is. And um, we stopped and the lady was like, no, 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 we don't want anything to do with you. Go on, go on. We're like, okay, well, we're just looking to give out Bibles. And she's like, where have you been? And we told her where we were. And she's like, you were that close? And we're like, yeah. She's like, did you see anybody that... Like, did you give any Bibles? We're like, yeah, we gave them a whole box. And she's got real interested and started talking. And they, it was, this was actually Easter. And they gave us a bunch of cake. They had Easter cake that they had. And they gave us a bunch of cake. And they ended up taking a whole, a whole box of Bibles. And she is actually a congresswoman for Ukraine. She, we found out that she was a congresswoman. And she got a great controversy as well. And, um... She took a whole box. She's like, we're on our way to a field hospital. It's restricted. You guys can't come, but I can go, and I will give out this whole box there at the field hospital. So that's what she did. And she went, and and then we just kept driving around. Anywhere we saw soldiers, we would stop and be like, here, Bible, Electrona Biblia. Every morning, um, when we would wake up in our prayers, we would, we would say, Lord, distract us. Give us, if you direct us where you want us to go. If we are going down the wrong path, impress upon our minds where to go. If we need to turn around, if we need to follow something else, um, give us that. And uh, we decided that morning to drive back to that bus stop where all those soldiers were. So as we're driving back, um, we go up this hill, and there's this big bus full of soldiers that pass us. And we were like, you know what? I feel very impressed. We should turn around. We should follow them. I'm like, okay. So we all turned around. We followed them back to this gas station about 10 miles away. And then we get out of the vehicle, and all of a sudden, the town we had just been in got hit with a ton of rockets for probably eight minutes. It's just boom, 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 right where we were. And we're like, we're like thinking at the time, like, man, this is this is where we're supposed to be. God, like answered our prayer. He distracted us from where we needed to, where we thought we needed to be, to where we actually needed to be. And this, this uh, gas station became uh, one of our favorite places where we could get rid of like 250 God pods a day, where we would go there and there were so many new people every five minutes, people are coming and going, we just boom, everybody. And uh, we interacted with so many people like German mercenaries that were there all got God pods. There's all types of people from all over the world there fighting. And then uh, even a, a man that we came out and we're like, here's a Bible. He's like, no, I worship Satan. And we're like, you need a Bible. And we're like, we, we kept talking to him and um, he's like, he just was telling us all these things and we're like, we're like, you mind if we pray for you? And you could just tell he was like, he wanted to say no so badly. He's like, and then he's like, yes, let's pray. And we got to pray for him. At the end, he had all these satanic patches all over him. And um, Greg, or Brock, was like, I have this patch that has angel wings on it. He said, this is, um, this, it did, he's like, this is going to symbolize um, the angels of Jesus Christ, our Heavenly Father, watching over you. And he was like, he took it, and he took off all of his satanic patches, and he's like, he gave them to us. He's like, here. We're like, 
great, threw him away. <laughs> and and he, he took a God pot and he said, I will listen to it. And to, to me, that's like, you could see the spiritual warfare going so hard in that guy's mind. And all of that stemmed from God give, sending that bus by, that where we, we turned and we followed that bus. And then we decided to drive back to see what that, sit, that town looked like, and it was all blown to pieces. There was fires everywhere, there was people running, there was cars on fire. We're like, and we would have been right in the midst of this when this hit. And um, as we started driving, we came across this guy, and we're like, Oh, we're like, here's a guy standing on the side of the road. We pulled off, and we're like, here's a Bible. And he's like, he's like, thank you, thank you. He's like, watch this. And he turned around, and boom, boom, they sent like five rockets back. And after, maybe during potluck, or I have the video of this. I could show everybody. It's not on here, though. But it was pretty, pretty crazy to see this. But everywhere we went, we told people that, that God sent us here. They had asked us, why are you here? And we're like, God sent us here to give you this Bible because he knows that you need it. And everybody, everybody we came in contact with wanted Bibles. This, at this point, um, we were driving down a road and we could hear the gunfire, like, back in here. There was like 15 tanks. We just parked behind the tank. And if you, I don't know if you can see it or not, but not on here, but there's a drone flying up in here somewhere. And that drone, um, they would, we would see them all the time. We're like, wonder what they're doing with the drones. And all of a sudden, you see a little thing drop. And then, boom, they were dropping mortars on the trench, Russian trenches back behind this tree line. And all the soldiers are crowded around, and the explosion would go off, and they'd all run into the woods, and you'd hear a bunch of shooting, and then they'd come back. And we just started going tank to tank. And we'd, like the guy that's sitting on top of the tank, we'd climb up there and be like, Electrona Biblia. And he'd be like, thank you. And then he'd get back down, and all of a sudden the back of the tank would open, and there's like eight guys back there that all want Bibles. So every tank that we went through, we got, all got a whole bunch of Bibles. And this, everywhere, we went, everywhere we went, we saw it was like this, the tanks, the, the trucks, and um, we just couldn't, we couldn't pass anyone by. If we ran out of God pods and there's one tank left, we'd run a quarter mile back to, to the vehicle, get as much God pods as we could, and keep going. For you will light my lamp, the Lord my God will enlighten my darkness. For by you I can run against a troop of warriors. By my God I can leap over a wall. As for God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord is proven. He is a shield to all who trust in him. And we claim this promise every, every day. And when you go on a mission like this, you not only, like, I've heard these, these Bible verses my whole life. But when you experience it firsthand and you're, you see God's hand and, and you live the Bible verse, it, it, it ingrains it in your head in a whole different So we drove back the next morning to that bus stop. And we're like, there's nobody here. We're like, the road keeps going into the city where the fighting is. And we're like, I don't, we were like, we don't want to go. We don't want to go. We're like, Lord, if you want us to go, you have to send us a sign. And as soon as we got done praying, we're parked there. This, and we had Polish license plates. This vehicle with Polish license plates pulled up right in front of us and, and just slowed down. And Brock's like, he, Brock was driving. He's like, do we follow? Do we follow? And he's like letting off the clutch. He's like, do we follow? Do we follow? We're like, let's go. So we followed him. And we followed him all through the city. 
into this warehouse. And we're like, what are we doing? And we just pull into the warehouse. You can hear the the fighting. I mean, there had to have been fighting maybe 100 yards away. We could hear it. We're in there, and we're like, what are we doing? We just pull up behind them, and we just get out like we know what we're doing. Get out of the vehicle. These guys get out, and there was five of us in this van. We get out, and there was five of these guys. Not one of them had a gun on them. Their clothes were perfectly clean. Everything was muddy. There was mud everywhere. We were muddy, and we were just walking around. These guys get out of their vehicle, and they look at us, and they're like, what are you guys doing here? And we're like, we're here to give out Bibles. And they're like, we'd like to help. What can we do? And they're like, let's pray. So we all prayed together. We're like, we don't know where to go. And they said, let me show you on the map. They pulled out this map, and they said, "Um, this is where um, the battle line is. They said, on this road, they said, you need to take this road. And um, there's a group of soldiers right here that need the Bible. Very, You have to get there. You have to go. We're like, okay, well, that's where we'll go. We marked it on our map, and they said, okay. And um, they said, can we pray again? We prayed, and they took a whole case of Bibles. And then we're standing there. They all get in their car, and they leave. And we're like, why did they come to this warehouse? What, what did they do? They did nothing. And then we got thinking about it, and we're like, not one of them had a gun. We were in the city where people looked at us like, why didn't you take guns? Even the paramedics, all the ambulances, they all were, had guns. These guys had nothing. They were perfectly clean. They brought up that they wanted to pray with us. There were five of them. There were five of us. We're like, these are our angels. And they, they showed us on the map where these guys needed help. We're like, okay, that's where we're going. So we drove back out. We found the road where they said to go. And we started driving. And we didn't see anything. We're singing. We're joking. We're reading Psalms 91. We're, we're singing songs as we're driving down this road for like 15 miles. And uh, we, come, we crest this hill, and we're coming down. We see, oh, there's the little town. There's the checkpoint. And we get there, and the guys are, there's like six guys standing there, and they're just watching us. And we get there, and they're like, where did you come from? And we're like, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. So here's an example of some of the roads we were on. These were the guys that we met. So when we pulled up and they said, where did you come from? Um, We were like, we came down this road, we turned off of this road, and they're like, no, you didn't. They're like, yeah, we did. We showed them on the map. They're like, no, you didn't. You couldn't have. They said, we were standing here watching you, waiting for you to blow up, because we have this whole road mined. And we're like, I mean, that hit hit all of us. We're like, mined? (laughs) It's mined? And we're like, they were like, yes, we were watching you, waiting Nobody's driven down this road in months. They said the, the other end of that road where you guys came in on, the Russians have control of that, and they have trenches all along it, and they're, that's where they're at. There's tanks. There, nobody's even tried to come through this road. We're like, we didn't see anybody. We didn't see anything. There was nothing there. And these guys, they were like, they're like, well, what are you doing here? And that's what this guy right here asked me. And I said, God sent us here to give you a Bible. And he just fell to the ground right there, and he just starts crying. And I just knelt down, and I just put my arm on him, and I said, here's a Bible for you. And he said, you don't understand. He said, last night they sent 60 of our guys into the front lines, and not one of them came back. He said, tonight they're sending the rest of us in. He said, I don't want to go. He said, I'm a fa- I'm a, I have six kids at home. I'm a farmer. He said, I don't want to go. 
and he just kept crying on my shoulder and it's like this is this is why we're here you know to give to give that man just a little bit of hope that there's a chance that he could see his kids and his family again whether or not he dies and his and he had he had listened to that bible and he had given his heart to god and then his belongings got shipped back to his family and his family listened to that you know that's what we're there to do and if it if it costs our lives for one for him it's worth it for one more person to be in heaven it would be worth it all of these guys felt the same way and when we told them where we had come from they they it took them probably 15 minutes to believe us we had to show them pictures we t- and when we tried to tell them that these guys gave us directions here they said nobody would give you those directions that's that's ridiculous that's that's impossible. No, no sol- Ukrainian soldier would give you those. And that's when we really knew. We're like, yep. God gave us those directions. <laughs> and he, he shielded our eyes because if we had turned down that road and we had seen all the tanks and all the everything, we probably would not have gone down that road. And I believe we're going to see these guys in heaven. Even the little towns that we passed through, there were people that were um, out there gardening, and there were rockets that were hitting in the field behind them, and they're just out there gardening. It's just, um, and all of these people, they all spoke Russian, and the the country was was split. Um, anywhere that we went, everybody just wanted the war to end. They didn't care who 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 occupied them. A lot of them wanted Russia. Some of them wanted Ukraine, and then. They just were like, please, they're like, we want the war over, the war over. Even the soldiers were like, we don't even want to be here. We're forced to be here. And then as we're driving out of that city, we're like, we're like, whoa, that was really close. I cannot believe that we're never, we're never, like, hopefully we never are this close again. So as we're driving out, these guys look at us, and they're in this little, like, tracked vehicle, and we're driving, and they're like, how did you make it down this road? Only tanks have been able to come down this road. We're like, we've just been driving our little minivan down the road. And they're like, and you made it? We're like, I guess it was super muddy, and only tracked vehicles had been able to get through there, and somehow we were driving through it. No problems. And they were like, can we take pictures with you guys? So we got pictures, and they all got God pods, and um, the Russian line was actually right behind this hill. And the citizens, every citizen we passed got a God pod. Everybody wanted one. And they were so happy and they were so excited. So then we're driving, driving around. Um, I mean, we would, we would literally drive all, all day anywhere we went. We'd give some, and rockets, we got some pictures of some rockets coming in and going out. So there's that guy again. And um, we were at this gas station, another gas station, probably 30 miles away, and we were handing out uh, God pods. And then the church up in Besmer, Michigan, here, their kids drew all these pictures. So I was passing them out. And this guy comes up to me, and he grabs me on the shoulder, and he just gives me this big hug, and he has tears in his eyes. And he said, he, 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 it was really hard to understand him, but what I got from it is he said, he said, do you remember me? And I was like, yeah, I remember you. And he's like, he's like, you saved my life. He said, that night I was in the trench and everybody died around me. 
all of my friends, all of my whole unit was dead. And I was laying there in the foxhole, and I just held that Bible in my hand. And I just started listening. He said, it saved me. It saved my life. He's like, how many more can you give me? I have to give these to my friends. And I was like, he's like, I, 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 I gave him all I had. He filled his pockets. And he said, thank you so much. And he, he's, like, he's like, what's this? And I was like, it's for you. It says, Jesus loves me. And he said, and he just held it to his heart, and he said, thank you so much. And to me, to have him come to me and say, if I hadn't given him that Bible, he, he, he's, in his mind, he wouldn't be here. He's like, this Bible saved my life. And he, now he wants to read it, and now he wants to give it to his friends. And I believe I'm going to see him again. Everywhere, everywhere we went, we gave these things to More rockets. These are Heimer, Heimer missiles. And when they would hit, like, even that far away, you, the whole ground would shake. Boom. We're reading Psalms 91 as so we're driving again towards the... This time we decided to drive um, down another road that we had passed uh, while we were coming out into the city of Chasaviar, which is actually the road of life. They called it the road of life. It was the only road that was still controlled by Ukraine into the city of Bakhmut. Um, and they, they were fighting over that road for a long time. It was the only road in. So there it is. We're driving in. And they would look at us like, where are these guys going? And these like, I'm sure, like we thought we were just driving down a road, but they looked at us like, do these guys realize where they're driving? Um, so we pulled up, and we could hear the explosions. They were bombing this city the entire time. It's, it was one of the, the places that they bombed a lot. And when we pulled up, we were, like, we were very anxious because we were like, where do we go? we got to go somewhere. We can't just stop because the explosions were happening. Like The closest one that hit was maybe 25 yards from our, our vehicle. And we pulled in, and we see this guy that's outside of this, this building right here. And we're like, we're going to go in there. So we, we get out, and we go walking over there. And as soon and because we, we parked right here, we walked over here, and we're standing here talking to this guy, and a rocket hit right here. Boom. And the, the dirt, like, flew onto us and onto, the, onto everything. And he was like, get in the building, get in the building. So we, we pulled us into the building. And all of these guys, there was like 40 guys in this building. And um, we're, like, talking to them. We're telling them what we're here for. They're like, did you bring us ammo? Did you bring us supplies, medical supplies? Did you bring us food? And we're like, no. We're like, but we brought you Bibles. God sent us here to give you Bibles. And the, they were like, some of them were like, really? Bibles? And some of them were like, please, give us all you have. Like, give us Bibles. And we gave everybody Bibles. And they said, um, can, you come, can you come and pray over our friend? He just died. And they take us over, and he's laying on the ground. And um, we're like, what do we do? They're all standing around, and we're like, let's sing Amazing Grace. So it, I, we, we recorded it. And so we can, if you can play that, we, we played, we sang Amazing Grace, and we prayed. And so, somehow it got recorded. Amazing Grace Sweet the sound that sings. 
So that's what we did. And I will never sing Amazing Grace the same again. I will never hear it the same. Like just listening to it again gives me the chills. And the the whole demeanor of all of these men changed after that. They all came to us and they said, What 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 can we take more Bibles? They said, Who are you guys? Where did you come from? And we told them we came from the United States. And they said, you came all the way from the United States to give us Bibles. I said, yes. And they said, like, they were just blown away. They said, thank you so much. You don't know what this means. And they, they took a whole bunch of pictures, and we offloaded all of our medical supplies on there. One of the men that uh, we had a bunch of tourniquets. I had, like, four on me. We gave them all the way, and there was one guy that didn't get a tourniquet. And I had one left. And I took it off, and I was like, this is for you. You've got to take this. And he looked at me, and he said, no. He said, you might need it. And he said, your mission is greater than ours. You have to give these men these Bibles. And in my mind, a tourniquet can save a life very easily. The guy that had died, he, he very easily could have been saved with a tourniquet. And um, that guy, in my mind, was willing to give his life to get the Bible to more soldiers. And he had just now learned about it. You know, and the Bible says, No greater love hath no man than this than to lay down his life for his friend. I went from being his, <clears throat> his not, not enemy, but like annoyance, why are you here? To being his friend where he was willing to give his life so that I could give somebody else a Bible. And that really hit me pretty hard when he would not take that and I kept trying. I'll save the Lord. He is my refuge and my fortress. My God, in him I will trust. Surely he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. He shall cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, and we called it, we did this, nor of the rocket that flies by day, nor of the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Only with your eyes shall you look and see the reward of the wicked. As we drove out, we were all just silence. We were quiet. We're like, cannot believe where we were. Like, that was just very solemn. And 
who knows if any of those guys survived if if or even if one of them did you know and we're driving out and we're like this is this is crazy and as we're going up this hill all of a sudden brock stops the car and he's like i saw a tank back there we should go check it out and we're like no 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 we need to keep going we're like and he's like no i have an impression we we have to turn around and we're like okay let's turn around and we turned around we drove 300 yards back down the hill to this tank and we parked and we're like what's even around here we didn't see anything and then um, we see this little shack kind of over. Um, we could see a few guys standing outside of one, and then we're like, well, let's go check it out. So we walk over there, and this guy comes out with his gun, and he's, like, yelling at us, and we're like, I hope he's Ukrainian. Like, our hands are up, and Andy's yelling at him, like, in Ukrainian, and things calm down a bit, and um, we're standing outside his house, and we're getting ready to tell him what we're doing, and all of a sudden, on that road that we had went on, um, uh, Russia dropped an anti-personnel mortar, and it's like a, I forget the, the name of it, um, a cluster, cluster munitions, and when it hits, it explodes a whole big area. It t- it'll take out the, si- the area the size of a football field with a bunch of little explosions all over, and they dropped that on the road that we, had been, we, we would have been right on. We would have been right in that spot if we had not turned around, and when we turned around, and then he, this guy pulls us into this house, and he's like, he's like, we could hear the gun, the shooting in the woods back over here, and he's like, I'm the only one left. We're like, what do you mean? He's like, there was 35 of us, and we, we were going through there, and I'm the only one that made it back to this point. I don't know where, where everybody else is. It's been a few hours. And he was shaken. He was, I've never seen somebody that scared. And um, he's like, we're like, well, we're here to give you a Bible. And... There's Brock talking to him, and there's the guy. Greg looks very stressed out. I mean, it was very stressful. He was, it, was, it was very scary at that point. And um, this guy was like, how many Bibles can you leave me? He's like, they're going to send me more men, and each of them needs a Bible. And we had a paper Bible in Ukrainian that we highlighted, Psalms 91, and uh, we had Andy read it to him. We sat down with him. We prayed with him. Uh, we gave him our leftover cake that we had from the uh, congresswoman. And uh, he just, we left him there, and we prayed with him, and we, we, had to, we had to move on. And he was very willing to take that Bible and to take more to give to his men that were there, were coming. Hopefully, he was, he was very hopeful that they were coming back. We drove out again on, on the road, and these are, and you can see a lot of these roads we were not driving 30 miles an hour. We were driving 60 miles an hour on some of these roads as fast as we, as fast as we could safely go. Even sometimes we, were, we put our seatbelts on. <laughs> and uh, we never once got a flat tire. That little, that little van did great. And we were driving through shrapnel. There was stuff everywhere. And I don't know, even the soldiers were like, how did, this, how did you guys get through all this? So as we're driving out this road, a rocket hit, boom, hit the building right there where a bunch of soldiers were, and we jumped out, and we'd get over there, and they were all standing there. Nobody was hurt, and we got to give them all God pods and um, kept on our way. Everywhere everywhere that God directed us, we felt that um, not one person should be left behind without getting the Bible. We drew the Pathfinder symbol on the mud in the on the back of the van. Some of the patches that I traded... This, this one is from the guy that wouldn't take my tourniquet. 
and that's that one is from uh, my angel. I'm pretty sure it was my angel. You can see how happy these people are to get Bibles. They're so excited. We gave we gave this guy a Bible, and he was he just like put it up in the air, and he just like he was like shouting something, and we're like, what did he? We we're asking Andy what he said, and he was just saying, "Praise the Lord, praise the Lord." That gas station again, we stopped at and met so many people that we handed handed Bibles to. A chaplain was like, "You guys are on the front lines giving Bibles." He's like, "He's like, this is as far as they'll let me go." He's like, "How did you get there?" We're like. We just drove, and he's like, well, I'm going to try that. He's like, give me as many Bibles as you can. So we gave him half a box, because we were running pretty low (laughs) of Bibles. Everywhere in Ukraine that we went, if if we were told not to go someplace, or if we were told we were not allowed someplace, we were told not to go so many places. Like, you shouldn't go here. You shouldn't go here. It's too dangerous. But anywhere we were told we can't go, we took that as all right. This is this is the end of the road. So we get to this checkpoint, and the guy was like, nope, you can't go. It's too dangerous. There's uh, fighting on the road um, a few miles ahead. You can't go. We're like, okay. So we're going to turn around, because we had been invited to this camp and uh, by the one guy that I had given that paper to and the God Pod to. He's like, you got to come. And we only had like 26 God Pods left. And, he's, and this guy was like, but you can have my checkpoint. And you can give out as many Bibles as you have. And we're like, because there were trucks going through constantly. And we're like, oh, awesome. We, we forgot. We pull off and we, we get that the box out. And we're like, let's, and we're like, oh, no. We only have 26 Bibles left. Like, this is an opportunity to give out 1,000 if we had it. And we prayed. And uh, Bryce leans over the back seat. And he's like, guys, there's a box back here. We're like, no. Like, we, we cleaned out everything. We go back and we open it up, and it was a brand new box of God Pods, 250 God Pods in the back. So in seven minutes, we handed out 250 God Pods. Every single, and this guy was helping us. He would run down the line. He'd be like, these guys are handing out Bibles. If you want a Bible, pull in. They'll give you one. If you don't, go around. Like 99% of the cars that stopped or that drove by stopped for a Bible or multiple said, we had, we're going to see friends. Can you give us more Bibles? We're like, yes, yes. And we ran out so quick. And it's like there were a car that pulled up, and it's like, oh, we don't have any more. Wish we had more. You can see the shocked look on that little girl's face when I was like, this is a Bible, and it's for you. They asked how much, and we're like, it's free. It's free. And they were just like, what? They were so excited. You see that little girl... It's, she's like, we give them the book, and we give them the book, and she turns it over, and then she started jumping up and down. She was so excited for a Bible. This was the, the little Adventist church, and we, didn't, now, we now started our trip back, a little Adventist church that we stopped at. And I had one God pod left in my pocket, and this guy was blind, and he had a Braille New Testament. And during the church, he was, he was like just reading it, and um, afterwards, I was like, I was like, this is this is for you. And I was like, clicked the button with his finger, and it, he held it up to his ear, and he got this huge smile on his face. And he's like, he's like, thank you, thank you. And I just started crying. I was like, I can't do this anymore. It's like this is. He was so happy, and every like the lady that was sitting next to him was like, 
he's never, he's never been able to read anything. This is amazing. All he's ever had is that Braille New Testament. And then we were able to give him a, a God pod that he could listen to the whole Bible and the Conflict of the Ages series. He was so happy. Literally, all during, like, after church, all he did was sit there and listen. And he had it turned all the way up. A lot of these people didn't even have Bibles, had never even had a Bible. And we had to make our wives happy. On our way back, we had to get chocolate. But everything's provided. We even got back to a hotel and... We hadn't really eaten a lot of really healthy stuff. And this was like our breakfast. It was great. And then um, my wife called me and she was like, I need you to come home today. I was like, I'm flying home. It was Monday. I was like, I'm flying home on Wednesday. Like, I don't want to have to try to change my ticket. And she's like, no, I really, really feel impressed. You need to try to come home today. I was like, okay. So they dropped me off at the airport, and I was like, what am I going to do? So I tried calling uh, the airlines. Nobody, I couldn't get through to anybody. And I was like walking around. I'm like, well, there's a desk. There's somebody there. I'm just going to go talk to them. So I walked up to the desk, and I was like, um, so I have a plane flying out on Wednesday. I'm wondering if I can fly home today. He said, what's your name? I told him, and he looked it up, and he's like, well, it looks like that your plane today has been canceled, so we're going to put you on the next available flight out. And I was like, I don't have a plane today. And then he's like, no, you do. He showed me on his, on his computer, said, today, my flight was canceled. And I was like, I showed him on my phone, my email, that said, my flight's on Wednesday. And he's like, huh. He's like, well, your flight today was canceled, and we can put you on the next available flight free of charge. And I was like, let's do it. And then Brock called me, and he's like, hey, I just got an email saying that your flight today was canceled, but you don't have a flight today. I was like, I know. Well, I have that email that's like a miracle flight. It's like I get on the plane, and I'm like, I am supposed to talk to somebody on this plane. I'm sitting next to this lady, and I'm telling her. She asked me what we're doing there, and I told her, and she's like, that's my hometown. She's like, what were you doing? And I told her, and she just starts crying. She's like, she's like thank you so much. She's like, you don't understand what that means. And before this, there were, I'm sorry, another story. There was a, a guy in the line with me that was like telling me his story about his wife and kids that got trapped behind the lines and they were trying to get their way out and the family in front of them stepped on a landmine and like his family made it out and he was like and I had emptied all my pockets before for the check for the security line I had nothing and I was like man I wish I had a glow track to give him like a Ukrainian glow track and I reached in my pocket and I had a Ukrainian glow track and I gave it to him so that was one and then this lady I had a uh, Ukrainian Steps to Christ and I gave that to her and then she wanted a picture and she's like I can't believe out of the whole plane you sat next to me I was like well I'm not even supposed to be on this plane and then she's like she's like, what? And I told her the whole story and um, it was great so then I get to Chicago airport and I'm walking around I'm like I go to my gate and there's the whole thing is full and it's like 4 in the morning and I'm like my plane's not to like 7.30 or 8, and I'm like, I don't know what to do. So I, there was one seat that was empty, and I was like, it's next to a Catholic priest. And I was like, he's all in his, like, get up, and I'm like, oh, no. Like, so I just went down and I sat next to him, and he starts talking to me, and he's like, are you a missionary? I'm like, yeah, yeah. He's like, what were you doing? Where, was you, where were you at? And I told him, and he was like, really? 
he's like, he's like, do you have any literature left? And I gave it to him, and he's like, are you Seventh-day Adventist? And I was like, yeah. He's like, really, I have so many questions for you. So he started asking me all these questions, and like for four hours, we talked about the state of the dead and the Sabbath. And then all of a sudden, he turned like white as a sheet. And he's like, he just, his eyes filled with tears, and he's like, you're not going to believe this. He said, yesterday, me and my wife and my mom all sat down together, and we prayed about these exact topics. And we said, Lord, if you want us to pursue these topics, we have so many questions. You have to send us somebody today or, or tomorrow that will answer these questions. And he's like, you just answered all my questions. He's like, and then he called his mom and woke her up at like 7, 7.30. And he's telling her the story, and she's crying, and they're all laughing, and he's calling his wife. And it's like, like all of that stemmed from my wife having an impression that I need to come back today. You know, and all of these things work, work for good, even if we can't see the bigger picture. Like, when I first gave that guy a glow track, I was like, oh, this is why I'm supposed to be here. And then I sat next to this lady, and I'm like, no, this is why I'm supposed to be here. And then I talked to him, and I'm like, man, this just keeps, keeps coming. And even, like, on my way back from Chicago to um, Ironwood, I sat next to somebody that um, turned out to be my neighbor that uh, I'm trying to put a septic system in, and it's costing a ton of money. And um, I didn't know he was my neighbor at the time. And told, he asked what we were doing over in Ukraine, and I told him, and his son-in-law is the one that's doing my septic system. And instead of charging me almost $200 an hour to put it in, he's charging me 80 bucks an hour to put it in because I went and sat, I met his father-in-law on the airplane that day. And God has these things worked out so so far back, or so far in advance that we couldn't even understand, we couldn't even comprehend it. So, these are some of the things that we claim. The angel of the Lord encamps all around those who fear him and delivers them. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints. There is no want to those who fear him. The young lion lacks and suffer hunger, but those who seek the Lord shall not lack any good thing. And I encourage everyone, it says, to taste and to see. And everybody can taste in their own way and, and, and ask and to figure this out in their own way. But everybody has to have their own experience with this. So will my word be, which goes out of my mouth. It will not return to me void, useless without result, without accomplishing what I desire and without succeeding in the matter for which I sent it. And I believe these Bibles that we handed out, they will, not re- the, they will not return to God void. That they will accomplish the very thing that uh, he sent it to do. And that there will be many people in heaven because of that. Did you know there's 52 countries where it's illegal or severely persecuted to even have the Bible? This is the 52 countries. It's It's... Insane. We don't even think about this. I didn't even know this, that there was this many. It's the unreached 1040 window, all those countries. Upon everyone who knows the truth for this time rests the responsibility of making it known to others. The servants of Christ are in a large measure responsible for the well-being and the salvation of the world. They are to be co-laborers with God in the work of winning souls to Christ. 
And that's, that's by either going and stepping out of, of your comfort zone in faith, in the battle zone, in your own family, in your own church, in your community, by praying, by uh, donation, by all of these things are made possible through prayer. And this is what I want each and every one of us, if we come away with this, to be bold in faith. Because if not now, when? Is the day of salvation in 20 years or in 10 years? It's now. We need to be bold now. Because if not now, when? And the great lesson here taught is for all time. Often the Christian life is beset by dangers and duty seems hard to perform. The imagination pictures impending ruin before and bondage or death beyond. Behind, the, the, Yet the voice of God speaks clearly. Go forward. We should obey this command, even though our eyes cannot penetrate the darkness and we feel the cold waves about our feet. The obstacles that hinder our progress will never disappear before a halting, doubting spirit. Those who defer obedience till every shadow of uncertainty disappears and there remains no risk of failure or defeat will never obey at all. Unbelief whispers, let us wait till the obstructions are removed and we can see our way clearly. But faith courageously urges in advance, hoping all things, believing all things. Behold, I am coming quickly, and my reward is with me, to give to everyone according to his work. So Adventist World Radio has donated um, a thousand God Pods to me to take to Iraq. And they've been, it was actually a miracle story how it all worked out. We've been praying about where to go, where do we take these. And I called Adventist World Radio and I said, hey, I'm looking to take a thousand God Pods to a, a country that is closed. And I'm thinking Iraq. And they said, really? They said, we just had a meeting where we prayed that somebody would be willing to take, we have a thousand unmarked God Pods that are blank, that can be uploaded in the country and we're looking for somebody to take them. And I was like, I'll take them. And they're, so they've, they've, they're working on that right now to get those to me. And then we're trying to raise the money to get them over there. And it, it's, it's going to cost like almost a, $100 a God pod to get them there versus with everything. That's about how much it costs. And we're, we're, um, it's really, really dangerous <laughs> because there was a family that was there trying to do we, – they weren't with part of the Adventist church, but they were handing out literature and they got executed in the street outside of Baghdad. And we're like, so it's, it's very dangerous, and we're trying to put together a small team to go. And we have, uh, it's, it's amazing to see what God works out, because the path that we were thinking of going is not the path at all that seems to be falling into place. So we're going to be um, actually going back to Ukraine September 24th, so a few weeks, back to the same city, Kramatorsk, with 1,700 more God Pods. That's all they had left, and um, it's not even close to what we need to give them. But that's what we're going with. And the same same guys, me, Brock, and Greg, and then there's actually a, a young man from the church in Escanaba that's coming with us, um, Ben Berger, and then also uh, an EMT friend of from Oklahoma. And we're going, and then all, from there we're going to fly is the plan to Iraq to figure out a way to get them in. Because uh, we had one person try to take one God pod in, and they got stopped and interrogated for almost six hours and got it confiscated. And if we try to take a 1,000 in, we don't know what it's going to be. But 
I don't know if anybody's read the book, Brother Andrew, but he went to Russia with um, a truckload of Bibles every, every, every couple months and drove right through the, the checkpoints during the, the Soviet era and never, they'd open up the trunk and the Bibles would fall onto the ground and they never once found them. And I believe if God wants them there, um, they'll be there and he will help us figure out a way to get them there. So we're going to go in uh, 1st of October, we'll be flying into um, Baghdad and then working our way around trying to figure out ways to get them there. Um, so your prayers and support are super appreciated because we cannot do this. We all actually bought our one-way tickets to get there on our own money. So we're, we got one ways, and God will provide the way back. But he always does. So keep that in your prayers. And also, if you ever want to be a part of a Gideon Rescue Mission, we'll take anybody that wants to go. We've never really gone into conflict zones, so this is very new to us. So they're um, mostly it's disaster zones, and we go all over the world, even domestically. And all we all we require is a willing heart to do God's will. And if you're willing, you're more than welcome to come. We'll never turn away somebody that God's calling. So keep that in mind too. And remember, even the younger ones, when I was I was 16 when they told me these stories, and when I turned 18 is when I went, and it changed my life. So keep in mind that. Even though you're young, there's still a job and there's still a plan for you. And you, any, even now, like my little kids will come with us and they'll help hand out glow tracks and they'll, gra- they'll drag brush. So everyone has a job. So let's just have closing prayer. Heavenly Father, I just thank you again um, for the opportunity to share what you did uh, in Ukraine. And I ask that you provide and you um, send us the where you want us to go, whether it to be Iraq or to North Africa or um, even Pakistan. Lord, you know that um, we're, we have calls to all of those places asking us to come. And uh, just ask for your guidance and ask for wisdom to make the right decision. Um, ask that you be with our families back home as we uh, go on this mission. And Lord, they're just as part, there's just as much a part of this as the people that are going. I ask that you be with the people here, Lord, because um, you have a plan and you have a mission all picked out, even specifically for this church. Lord, give them a willing heart to step out in faith and to say, what can we do in our community to, to spread the gospel and to fill this church to the brim so much that we have to build another church and another church. Lord, we just praise you and we just thank you and we just um, ask that all these things that we the stories that I've told that they will not see me or Brock or Greg or even Gideon Rescue Company, but that they will see you, that you did this, and they will give you the glory. In Jesus' name, amen.